Grace you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As we hear once again the reading of the scriptures from the gospel, please rise. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, and including all the way through to chapter 10, verse 1. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And these are the names of the twelve apostles. So far the text, please be seated. My brothers and sisters in Christ, it really is a privilege for me to be here with you representing our Synod's Board for World Outreach and representing all of the different world fields where we serve. The, there are two words that somewhat stand out in this text, and I'll tell you what those two words are. The first one is the word compassion. We're going to be talking about the Lord's compassion. The other word that stands out is that word pray given really as, as a command and a directive to us. And I want you to think for a moment, because you all have heard that expression, be careful what you ask for. And that saying is meant to imply sometimes when you ask for something, you get more than you bargained for. Or maybe you get something you really weren't thinking about at all. So be careful what you ask for. And we're going to see that in this text. But the primary focus of the text is that command to pray. And so we want to pray to the Lord of compassion, to pray to him for harvest workers. And as we pray to him, we will keep in mind that he is the one who has had compassion on us through harvest workers that have served us. And through us who have received his compassion, we too are to exhibit that same compassion toward others and to pray that the Lord would provide those harvest workers to go out into the harvest. I'm going to start off with the opening verses of our text and to reread them because when you see them, and I said one of the other words was compassion, it looks like Jesus is already having compassion on the people. It says Jesus went through all, all of the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And certainly that is part of his ministry of compassion while he's here on earth, carrying out that kind of work. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. I'm going to stop there because we're going to see especially why he had compassion on them. But again, this compassion of Jesus. So here he is, the Son of God, true Son of God, come down to earth. He has taken on our flesh and blood and become one of us in order to carry out the work of the Savior. And one of the things he does is he lives the life that none of us have lived but should have lived. He lives a life of perfect compassion, of perfect love. Love toward his Father, complete obedience to his Father, love toward his fellow man. 
And you see him as he is out walking through those villages and through those cities and he comes upon someone who is sick. And we remember the various different healing miracles that we see during his ministry. Healing sometimes diseases that seemed almost incurable like leprosy. Or someone who is born blind and can see again. Uh, different kinds of diseases, different kinds of, of, of physical problems that they have. And he uses his divine power calling upon his father so that they know where this divine power is coming from. That it is divine power that's healing them. And he heals them of their sicknesses and diseases. But it's more than that. He also goes into their synagogues where they gather weekly for worship, where they come to hear God's word. And he shares with them God's word with the right understanding because there was so much confusion among the people in proclaiming the kingdom of God. And that seemed to be something that was so missing in much of the synagogue worship is not understanding who the Lord is and what he has come to do, how he has come to redeem his people and set up a new kingdom, unlike the kingdoms of the world where the kings would rule harshly over people. But he comes to proclaim God's kingdom, which is a kingdom of grace and mercy and compassion and love. So different from what the people had experienced through all their lives and down through the generations. And we come again to that word compassion. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he sees that this is what the effect has been of those who have been teaching incorrectly in the synagogues of the priests of Israel, of the prophets, some of the prophets of Israel. Some of them had been faithful, proclaiming exactly what God gave them as their message, but others misleading the people, false prophets, who did, did not give them any kind of guidance at all. And that's what a shepherd is supposed to do, to guide the sheep and to feed them. And instead of feeding them with God's grace and mercy, they fed them with all kinds of laws that this is what you must do. This is how you must behave. Or we'll be sent back into captivity once again. It depends upon you and what you do rather than proclaiming God and all that he had done and all that he would do for them. And so he has compassion on them as lost sheep. You know, this Sunday is not only a mission festival for your congregation, it's a harvest festival, it's also Reformation Sunday. Or at least tomorrow actually is Reformation Day. And I want to just briefly touch on it. This isn't a Reformation sermon, it's a, it's a mission sermon, but we still remember the Reformation and we think back those many years ago when Martin Luther was out walking among the people and he saw how lost they were, that they had completely lost the gospel. And they had come up with some crazy idea that if you just go to a certain man that sells indulgences, you can buy a piece of paper and with that piece of paper, you have bought forgiveness for your sins. And he saw how lost they were and how harassed they were by these terrible teachings that were being taught at that time. And through Martin Luther, the Lord once again opened to him the gospel and he saw that all of our blessings come through Christ and from Christ. And our relationship with God does not depend upon what we have to do, but rather what Jesus had to do and did do on our behalf. 
he too saw people that were like sheep who were lost and without a shepherd. And the Lord has had that same compassion. There's that key word, that compassion, that deeply felt love that wants to reach out and to do something, to see someone's predicament and to say, I cannot stand by and just watch this continue. I have to do something about it. That's what compassion is. And that's what Jesus was feeling when he saw the crowds. That's what he was doing, was exercising compassion when he was healing and when he was preaching and when he was proclaiming the kingdom. And that's what he continues to do for us because God saw our predicament and deeply moved as he looked at us, even before we were born, knowing what would happen. This deep compassion that said, I must do something. And that same compassion that Jesus showed to those people back in his day is the same compassion that Jesus has shown to us, demonstrated to us, and actually exercised on our behalf. Lives that perfect life of compassion that none of us have lived. He obeyed his Heavenly Father completely like none of us have obeyed him. And he did that so that that righteousness that he has, that perfect life of obedience that he has, that it can be credited to us. So that we don't have to bear that burden anymore. Knowing that it was a debt we could never pay. It was a life we could never live. But Christ says, I lived it for you. And my perfect life of compassion and obedience to my Father counts for you as though you did it. And that same compassion, that deep love and caring of Jesus did not stop there. It also paid the debt that we should have paid ourselves for all of those sins. If the wages of sin is death and we're sinners, then we should have died in payment for our sins. And what Jesus did is he gave his life as payment for our sins. I will substitute for you so that my life and my death will count as your life and your death and payment for your sins. doesn't mean we're never going to die, but we don't die because it's to pay for our sins. We die in order to pass from this life to something much greater that Jesus has won for us. Yes, he saw us as lost sheep helpless, harassed by Satan, and he was going to deliver us, and that's what he came to do. But all of that work that he does is all for naught if no one hears about it. Everything that he did 2,000 years ago would be for naught for you if you never heard about it. It would be for naught for those people if there were not workers to send out into the harvest. At the time of Luther's day as well, that gospel proclamation, if there were not pastors that learned about the gospel and then were able to share it, how would it help those people? And so Jesus, moved by compassion and looking at the people that he was serving and seeing their predicament, now turns to his disciples. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. Oh my goodness, how plentiful it is. Because it's something that the whole world needs. And it's compassion that the whole world needs. Oh, the harvest is indeed plentiful. It's found everywhere. 
He said the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Ask the Lord of the harvest. You think the Lord of the harvest doesn't know what's needed? You think when he looks out and sees the whole world as a harvest field of people on whom I'm going to have compassion, the whole world is the people who need to hear about the Savior whom he would send in his compassion. You think he didn't know that there was a need for workers to go out? Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers? That almost seems almost silly, doesn't it, for Jesus to say to his disciples, ask for this. It should be so obvious. But you know, whenever the Lord tells us to pray to the Lord or to ask him for something, it's not because the Lord doesn't know what we need. It's just for us to help us remember what we need and what is needed. When he says pray to the Lord for harvest workers, he's not saying, he's not saying to you, you pray to the Lord that he would send out people into the harvest because he needs to be reminded or he needs to be told. You see, we need to pray in order that we are reminded and because we need to tell ourselves this is important. This is something really important that there are workers to go out into the harvest field. We would never have heard the gospel if there were not harvest workers that came to us in our lives at some point. And those harvest workers can take many shapes and forms and come to us in many different ways. For some of us, those harvest workers were Perhaps our parents, when we were small, we were born, we were baptized, we were brought to the church. For others, it may have been later in life. It might have been a friend, a neighbor, a brother, a parent, maybe even a child that came to us and talked to us about how we were lost sheep that needed to be gathered together once again and pointed us to the good shepherd. Yes, we needed harvest workers, and we still need them, and the Lord continues to provide them. You have a pastor that shepherds you every week, and you gather on Sundays to hear his word and to bring your praises and your prayers, but to hear his word where he feeds you, where he leads you to green pastures, leads you to still waters, guides you through the valley of the shadow of death. The good shepherd, your shepherd, points to the good shepherd. And a shepherd that you and I have come to treasure and to love because of his love and his compassion for us. Pray to the Lord to send out workers into his harvest field. You see, we have received his compassion. We know his compassion. Do we look out into the world around us Sometimes as close as maybe within our families, there might be a family member who has gone astray or who has turned away from the Lord. And the Lord wants to go to that person and to draw that person back. And he's going to do it through a harvest worker. And who knows, that harvest worker may be you. Remember when I said earlier, be careful what you pray for? Because I'll tell you, if we pray for harvest workers, it might be one of us. That, that first verse of chapter 10, I think it's interesting the way that the, down through the years they have divided the, the Bible into chapters and verses. And that, that's not the way that it was originally written. But down through the years, 
it was finally divided into chapters and verses, so it would be easy for people to find a certain verse when they're talking about the scriptures. But chapter 10, it's almost like here's a new chapter, here's something new that's going on. It's not. Chapter 10, verse 1 is critical. Ask the Lord of the harvester to send out workers into his harvest field. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. You know what I love about that verse? It goes right back to the beginning of our text. Jesus went through all the towns, preaching the good news, healing every disease and sickness. Jesus calls the 12 disciples and gives them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. You see the connection there? Jesus is doing this work, this compassionate work, and he sees people who need to know about it, pray to the Lord to send out harvest workers, and it's almost as though he turns to the disciples and he says, hey, gentlemen, you're the harvest workers. I told you to pray for harvest workers, but you're the harvest workers. I'm sending you out to be engaged in bringing in the harvest. And see, that's what happens when we pray for harvest workers, is that the Lord may turn to us and say, I'm glad you prayed for them. That's what I wanted you to do. Now you're the one that's going to be a harvest worker. It might be a friend or a neighbor, someone you work with, someone who's harassed, someone who's lost, who can't find his way in life, like the lost sheep of Israel, like all of us who are lost, who don't know God, who don't know our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hey, you're the harvest worker. I ask you to pray for a harvest worker. You're the one. You are the answer to that prayer. Maybe it's a son or daughter, a brother or sister. Maybe even it's a parent or aunt or an uncle or a cousin, somebody, somewhere, that still is lost and needs to hear about the good shepherd who comes to gather the lost sheep. Maybe that's you. Harvest workers. You see, that's what we need is harvest workers. The Lord looks out and he tells us to look out and he says, look at that harvest, that harvest out there. It's plentiful. It's everywhere. It's all around you. Pray for harvest workers. And if it's not you, then it's someone else that maybe you can help find and encourage to become a harvest worker. I don't know if you've heard this news. I, I, I know that it's news that we need to share. and Maybe Pastor Shield has shared it with you. Our sin is looking at a real shortage of pastors in about the next 10 years or more. A real shortage. We need to pray for harvest workers. And maybe, maybe there's someone here who, in a second career perhaps, could say, you know, I think I can start some new work in my life. Or maybe it's a son or a cousin or someone else, and you can say to some young man, you know, I think that you would be a good harvest worker. And I've been praying for harvest workers, and the Lord has made me think about you. And I would encourage you to be a harvest worker and to think about going to our seminary to be a pastor. Or what about home missionaries? Since this is a mission festival, let's talk about missions. How many home missions are out there that could be started except for lack of manpower? And so we pray to the Lord for harvest workers. Lord, bring men to our seminary to train to be mission pastors. 
And so if it's not mission work taking here and taking place here in your congregation in your neighborhood, maybe it's a, it's a mission field somewhere else. You have a mission, a pastor here who goes out into the harvest, but you need to think about how about other places where there are, it's not a congregation yet there to support that pastor. Could I encourage someone to be a missionary? Could I pray for that person? Could I support that person so that other people might hear the same compassion, the compassionate gospel that I know and have received? And lastly, let me mention world missions. That's why I'm here after all, is to talk about world missions. The whole world is a mission field. And if you're able to stay for the, the talk a little bit later, I, I think you'll find some very interesting things to hear about world mission fields. A world that needs to hear the gospel of compassion. And that work can only go on with your prayers and with your support. I don't think I have time enough to get into details on those world missions in the sermon, but we can talk about it a little bit later uh, when I give a presentation. But we have pastors around the world serving in different fields, sharing that gospel of compassion with others. And I'll tell you the only way they carry on that work is because you have compassion for their people. And you have compassion that moves you to pray for them. And you have compassion that moves you to support them in their work. So my dear brothers and sisters, what a privilege we have on this day to hear these words of scripture. To hear about the Lord's compassion that he has had on us. Bringing us back into his fold. And moving us to have that same compassion toward others. So that we are ready to support and to share so that gospel can go out into the world, into that great harvest. May we always be praying for that the Lord of the harvest would send harvest workers. Amen. Please rise. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
receive our thanks for Martin Luther and those with him who, who contended for the gospel against many and great enemies. Make us bold that we would also contend for the faith against those who would silence our voices or distract your people from the one true gospel of the crucified and risen Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. O Lord, guard and defend us and your holy Christian church throughout the world, that we may be protected from the temptations of the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord God, all nations are called to worship you in the brightness of your Son. Grant faithfulness to our president, our governor, and all the rulers of our nation. Scatter the darkness of this world through the faithful witness of your church. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Compassionate Lord, behold in mercy all who are in danger, trouble, sickness, or need. Hear our prayers for the sick and the suffering, especially for your servants, Russ, Arnold, Jackie, Jared, and all those who are unable to be with us this morning. We pray that you would comfort all who mourn and sustain them with a confident hope in the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have brought us by your word out of the darkness of error and into the light of your grace. Mercifully help us to walk in the light. Guard us from error and false doctrine. And grant that we would not become ungrateful and despise your word, but receive it with all our heart, conduct our lives according to it, and put our trust in your grace. Through the merits of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. 